Donald Trump has found a new target for his ire. And though I'm not a huge fan of the president's rage tweeting, this time I think he hit it pretty much right on the head. Uh, let's talk about the story and then let's really look deeper into the problem, which I think a lot of people are kind of missing. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, so let's go over the story. Um, we're going to talk about Elijah Cummings, the Democratic representative from Maryland who chairs the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, which is basically the Oversight Committee. Uh, he, had an, he had the acting Homeland Security Secretary, Kevin McLean, in front of Congress to discuss the crisis at the border. Well, he didn't exact... exact he didn't really want to discuss anything. He just wanted to preach. And so, and when he wanted to preach, he asked a question. And McLean basically said, uh, and he started yelling at him. Let's listen to this. When we hear about stories coming out from you and your agency that everything is pretty good and you're doing a great job i guess you, you feel like you're doing a great job right is that what you're saying we're doing our level best in a very challenging. what does that mean what does that mean when a child is sitting in their own feces can't take a shower come on man what's that about none of us would have our children in that position they are human beings it's not the deed that you do to a child. It's the memory. It's the memory. We are the United States of America. We are the greatest country in the world. We are the ones that can, can go anywhere in the world and save people. Make sure that they have diapers. Make sure that they have toothbrushes. Make sure that they're not laying around defecating in some silver paper come on we're better than that when we are dancing with the angels these children will be dealing with the issues that have been presented to them did you consider the dehumanizing effect on the officers specifically in child separation enforcing them to take children away from their parents Enforcing the law often has emotional impacts for everybody involved, mm -hmm. uh, and that's something uh, that they sign up for, but it's something we want to provide resilient services, mental health support uh, for anyone who needs it. Okay, there were no kids sitting in crap. There were no kids. There was nobody who was allowed not to take a shower. And nobody is defecating in the foil blankets that were provided for the first people who came over the crowd. This is crap. And the fact of the matter is he wouldn't allow anyone to sit back and talk. He just started yelling. He, but McLean, and the reason I included that last question with AOC, which really had nothing to do with, and by the way, this was from The Guardian. That clip was from The Guardian. The reason I include it is because, you know, he doesn't make the laws. 
He just enforces them. He's in charge of enforcing the laws that Congress makes. Specifically, the House of Representatives. The House of Re Representatives is in charge of making laws. Those laws have to get through the Senate. They have to be signed by the President. But he doesn't make the laws. He enforces the laws that are on the books. He's basically being vilified for making these laws. Okay, well, the other thing that really tripped me out about this whole thing, Elijah Cummings has been in Congress for 24 years. He has been the head of the Oversight Committee for ages. So if things are so freaking bad, why hasn't he done anything about it? Why hasn't he changed the laws? How about this? Why hasn't he introduced laws that could change this stuff? He doesn't, because he knows it's not that bad. He knows it's all BS. And so he's going to let it go the way it is, because the more illegals that come across the border... And by the way, here's another newsflash. If it was really that bad, why are so many people still crossing the border? You would think someone would tell them, no, it sucks over here, blah, blah, blah. They don't. It's forgotten. Now, here's the thing with Elijah. This is probably the only guy from the Black Caucus who is actually a pretty good guy. He does, well, they just released something today, but I'm not going to buy it. This is a guy who doesn't have any corruption problems on him. He's actually a nice guy. I have seen different hearings where he has told Democrats to not talk to Republicans the way he talks to them because they are his friends. This is not a horrid, terrible, bad guy. Maybe he is, but I don't know. He just doesn't seem that bad. There are far worse. Hey, Adam Schiff, terrible. Um, Jerry Nadler, god-awful. AOC, evil. I mean, but no, he doesn't rank there. So, but the thing is, he ripped Trump's acting Homeland Security Secretary, and so Trump had to hit back, and Trump did. But before I get to that, one thing that really irritates the crap out of me is hearing about these poor people that break our laws being mistreated in this country when they get arrested. I know they're not being mistreated. And again, I don't think they have Xboxes and 64-inch televisions, but I also know they're not crapping in their blankets. They're not drinking toilet water. That's garbage. If these people were being so mistreated, they wouldn't come over here. They do because they know it's better. And let's just say they are crapping in their blankets. They are drinking toilet waters. Kids don't have diapers. Everything is so terrible. I'm pretty sure the word would get out and they'd stop crossing the border. They're not. They're crossing at 110, 120,000 a month. So let's let's get over that crap. I don't need to hear some guy sit back and 
lecture us on morality. This, and this is what really bothers me about these people. And I'm talking about congressmen. I'm not talking about black people or Mexican people. I'm talking about congressmen. They talk a lot of garbage. They do nothing about it. You would think if there was such horrid injustice over the border, they'd actually physically do something about it. Last I checked, the Constitution actually guaranteed they'd have the rights to do that. But they don't do anything. You got AOC sitting in front of a fence, in front of a parking lot, crying. You got all these people walking through and not complaining about what they're seeing. It's it's garbage. It all these all of these hearings are nothing but talk. They're no action. Elijah Cummings has been in office for 24 years. McKinnon, if that's his name, I can't, has been in DHS, has been the DHS secretary for a year. Less than a year. Since, no, I'm sorry. Let me be clear. Since April of 2019. And he's getting pissed on by this guy? Sitting in his overfluffed leather chair doing nothing about the problem. That's what ticks me off. But here's the thing. This is the controversy. Donald Trump saw the interview and he's like my girlfriend. He's like Josie. He sits back and he lets things broil within him. This happened in the beginning of the month and Donald Trump just let it Broil, broil, broil. Then he's <coughs> he saw a Fox News report about the city of Baltimore. And Donald Trump decided, you know what? <coughs> Let's rage. Let us rage tweet and really put Elijah Cummings in his place. Quote, Representative Elijah Cummings has been a brutal bully shouting and screaming at the great men and women of the Border Patrol about conditions at our southern border, when actually his Baltimore district is far worse capitals, which means it's important, and I, I, I don't know, and more dangerous. His district is considered the worst in the USA. Not wrong there. As proven last week during the congressional tour, the border is clean, efficient, and well-run, just very crowded. Cummings, he spelled Cummings wrong, district is disgusting, rat and rodent infested, a, a rat, oh he, oh god, rat and rodent infested mess, he needed to add the A there, if he spent more time in Baltimore, Maybe he should, could clean up his this very dangerous and filthy place. End quote. Uh, anyone thinks that Donald Trump is a genius? He's really not. Uh, this poor guy, I, I, my God, put a comma somewhere. I, I don't know. But, and, and that's the whole thing. Donald Trump's not the brightest 
he's not the brightest bulb in the in the house. He it's just kind of he says things. He I I think tweeted that at like midnight. He heard a he heard a yeah it doesn't say but he heard a news report from Fox News. And he decided to tweet that. Well, guess what? Well, no, you guess. What do you think the news media said about it? How about this? Let's listen to this. It's awesome. I mean, this guy is so emotional. He's black. Okay. So I tell you what, you just listen to this. It's awesome. Seeing the president invoke infestation to criticize lawmakers before. You see a pattern here? Donald Trump has tweeted more than 43,000 times. He's insulted thousands of people, many different types of people. But when he tweets about infestation, it's about black and brown people. The president says about Congressman Cummings' district that no human would want to live there. You know who did, Mr. President? I did. People get up and go to work there. They care for their families there. They love their children who pledge allegiance to the flag, just like people who live in districts of congressmen who support you, sir. They are Americans, too. Okay, I'm not. I, I <laughs> this is the dumbass shit that re- Democrats do. They sit back and they try and make everything about emotion, and it's not emotional. This guy doesn't give a crap what's happening in Baltimore as he's sitting in his uh, penthouse over in. F- I almost said the f word. He's sitting in his penthouse over in New York City. It's garbage. Baltimore is a crap hole. Who's kidding who? It really is. But here's the thing. Should people be really surprised about what he was accusing the president of? Racism. Again, more racist. He's a racist. This is going to be the most overused term in 2019. Racist. He's a racist. He's not a racist. The reason it, the reason he's not a racist is he was talking about infestation of rats. Here's something people need to listen to. Again, Daily Wire showed this. He always has a noun in front of the verb. Rat infestation. Maybe it's an adverb in front of a verb. I don't know. Rat infestation. He's not saying Baltimore is infested with black people or Mexican people. He's saying it's infested with rats. Talk about a complete overread of what Trump just said. And here's the thing. It's not an overread in the sense that um, Trump is a racist. It's an overread to prove Trump is a racist. Here's a newsflash. This is going to be really hard for a lot of people. And cover your ears right now, if you're really. Baltimore is a crap hole. And Cummings is a lousy leader who has been in office for 24 years. Baltimore isn't all Cummings' fault. And like I said, there's things about Cummings I actually really like. Um, He's a congressman. And most of the issues were caused by the local politicians but he's done nothing to help. 
this is a city who this is a city who's had three mayors in the last four years due to corruption. It's a bad city. It just I'm sorry, it is. And rats and homeless and illegal immigrants and unemployment. Oh, okay, let's look at it, Baltimore, first off. It has the second highest murder rate behind St. Louis and only trails Chicago in the number of murders. Chicago had 1,300 murders in 2018. Baltimore had 1,000 According to Orkin, it has the ninth highest rat population in the country. 50% live in extreme poverty, even though it is one of the most, is one of the richest cities in the country. Of those 50%, the home, most of them had ex- had experienced homelessness. Homelessness is growing like crazy, and a lot of that has to do with illegal immigrants being accepted into the city because they are now a sanctuary city. Sanctuary. They're actually a sanctuary state. Let's call it what it is. This place has a lot of problems. Pointing it out does not make Trump any more racist than saying that the grass is green. Uh, though eh, they may find a way to make that racist too. I don't know. I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'll wait till the next news media on MSNBC. Okay? Democrats run cities. Democratic run cities have always had problems. The top 10 cities with the worst homicide rates are 1. St. Louis, 2. Baltimore. And by the way, in 2019, that's actually swapped. And this is, by the way, homicide rates per 100,000 people. Baltimore is way in number 1. 3. Detroit, 4. New Orleans, 5. Kansas City, and 6. Cleveland. 7. Memphis, 8. Newark, New Jersey, 9. Chicago, Illinois. That's got to be a big shock to a lot of people. It Chicago actually has the largest number of murders, murders at 1,300. Baltimore has the second largest number of murders in 2018 at 1,000. All of the cities... I'm sorry, number 10 is Cincinnati. I forgot about Cincinnati. I shouldn't worry about Cincinnati, but all of these cities are democratically run. They have democratic senates, and they have democratic mayors. Okay, let's move on. Let me make some more proof here. The top 10 cities with the highest homeless population are one New York City. Duh. Two, Los Angeles. Duh. Three, Seattle. Four, San Diego. That's a bit of a shock. I live in San Diego. That's a bit of a shock. Five, San Jose. Six, Washington, D.C. Seven, San Francisco. Eight, Phoenix. Nine, Boston. And finally, number ten, Las Vegas. 
nine of the ten cities are run by Democrats, both the Senate and the mayor. San Diego is the exception. They're actually run by a Republican mayor. But here's the kicker. They're in San Diego, and they are... San Diego is in a California... is in California. It's an extremely liberal state, and he is really limited by what state law says. So... Need more proof? Let's go more proof. Hey, rat population. Rat population is important because it indicates the level of uh, pollution. It also rates the level of disease and population um, population happiness. So let's take a look at them. According to Orkin... Oh yeah, those guys you see in the commercials where they spray the freaking rodents, they spray the uh, ants and cockroaches and termites, blah, blah, blah. According to Orkin, uh, the top 10 infested cities, and I'm sorry, I said infested, that's bad because I'm being a racist, but whatever, I'm going to be a racist, I'm good for it, I'm on Twitter, I'm called a racist almost daily. Are number one, Chicago. Number two, Los Angeles. By the way, Chicago popped over New York and Los Angeles. Good for you, Chicago. And by the way, Los Angeles popped over New York. Good for you, Los Angeles. Number three, New York City. Number four, Washington, D.C. Which, by the way, Washington, D.C. has never had a Republican mayor ever they decided to rehire a crack addict for their mayor this is a really jacked up city okay let's go on number five san francisco there's a shock number six detroit number seven philadelphia have you ever been to philadelphia oh my lord i went there once i swore i'd never go again Philadelphia is a definite crap hole. Number eight, Cleveland. Number nine, Baltimore. What? Baltimore? More rats than a lot of other than a, a lot of other cities? Wow, there's a shock. So when Trump said that Baltimore was rat infested, he's a racist because. He didn't bother bringing up the other eight cities that were rat infested. Okay, I'll I'll give him that. Um, and of course, number ten, Denver. Here's a secret. Each of the top ten is run by a Democratic mayor and Senate. There is not one, not one. Republican mayor or Senate or controlled Senate in these cities. Oh, geez. My alarm's going off. Hold on. Give me one second. I swore I'd never lie to you guys. Alarm's off. I'm back and I'm ready to go. So here's the question I have for you. Is it a coincidence that crime, homelessness, and rat population 
are all about Democrats? I think we need to stop looking at the actual problems. We need to start looking at the causation of the problems. This is what destroys me about the different news media outlets. It includes Daily Wire, who I subscribe to, and you should too. It's what's the problem here? The problem here is democratic policies cripple economics and promote crime. What? Okay, so let me go into this. Let me go into this. And I know Dave wanted me to talk about this in less than 30 minutes. It's not going to happen. Okay, I swear to God it's not going to happen because I got a lot to say about this. So let's talk about crime. For years, Democrats have manipulated laws to make victims of those who are criminals. Something that was illegal at one time is not illegal anymore. Though this may lower crime rates, it does nothing about crime itself and therefore lowers the quality of life. What do I mean by that? Okay. California has made possession of weed legal. So therefore, if someone is carrying weed three years ago, would be arrested for carrying a, an illicit drug. It's not illegal anymore. San Francisco made it a misdemeanor to a felony to, to smash the windows of a car to steal a purse within the car. That is not illegal anymore. That is not a felony or a misdemeanor anymore. It's considered a fraction. If I smash a car window and steal a purse, I'm going to get a ticket. San Francisco and San Jose have made it that shoplifting is an infraction. What does that mean? If I walk into a store, it, three years ago, if I walked into a store and stole something and walked out and got caught, if I had money in my pocket, it's a burglary. If I didn't have money in my pocket, it's a misdemeanor. Either way, I was going to be arrested. Now it's a ticket. In other words, if you decide you're going to drive 67 and a 65 and you get pulled over, you get the same punishment as someone Probably worse, your insurance goes up, it's a bad scene. You get the same punishment as someone who broke into a car. You get the same punishment as someone who is stealing crap from a 7-Eleven. When you hear cities say, well, uh, New York has lowered their crime rates. California has lowered their crime rates. No, they didn't. Things that were considered crimes before are not considered crimes anymore. Leftist states have also have a nasty habit of demonizing the police. 
they do this because the police are a minority. They are the true minority. Okay. And so if anything goes wrong, let's just say you've got Michael Brown who attacks a police officer attacks a police officer in San Diego in I'm sorry, St. Louis and gets shot by that police officer and there are 12,000 people at the site. None of them saw anything. And all are screaming, well, the police are racist. They're going to accept that. Not good. The police just don't want to arrest anyone anymore. And I know you'll hear from the left, the police are racist, white supremacist crap like that. But the problem with that argument is that most police, especially in California and New York, where this crap happens all the time, they're actually 50% minority. Los Angeles has a ton of minority police. New York has a ton of minority police. I say 50%. It's actually less than that. Finally, leftist cities have a nasty habit of disarming their citizens. It makes it very difficult for them to kind of like protect themselves. Notice that there are no cities on the list. And you can look this up. I actually have them. If you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, I've got all my resources there. Notice there is nobody from Texas, no state from Texas with homicides rates and high crime. Or Georgia. Oh, there goes my phone again. It's probably my girlfriend. Or Alabama or Louisiana. Do you know why? They're allowed to carry their guns. They're allowed to buy guns. They protect themselves. You do not see a terrorist attack like you had this weekend in San Diego. You do not see a terrorist attack happen in Texas because everyone's armed in Texas. These no-gun zones don't work. They're bad. They're really bad. What it in, in Texas, not only <coughs> is gun ownership legal and easy, gun ownership, gun carry permits is legal and easy. You want to sit there and attack, mug, rape someone in Texas? You're going to have a really bad time of it. Because chances are, there is a three and fourths chance that guy is packing. And he's going to shoot your ass, as he well should. Hopefully kill you, so you do not have any... Um, you don't have any court fees and all that BS, we just don't need. Kill him. I think that uh, the left has really shown us what's wrong with their cities. And the problem is, when someone calls them out on it, 
like Donald Trump did, oh my God, you're going to have a real backlash. And that includes racist, blah, blah, blah. The good news is I don't care about being called a racist. Donald Trump doesn't care about being called a racist because reality trumps demagoguery. Reality trumps um, words. Which is why uh, if you're a man who cut your penis off to become a woman, you're still a man. This is why you cannot stop talking truth. Sorry, Josie was texting me, so I cut it out and I stopped for a second. Uh, we also need to talk about the economy, okay? And the leftist economy is really important. No one talks about it, but leftist economy is really bad. Since most leftists are socialists and communists, it is easy to believe that they are not big fans of free markets. Leftist states and cities are heavily regulated. That means that it's very expensive for small business. The businesses have to get permits, face inspections, high rent, payroll taxes, and follow signage laws. You know, the kind of laws that sit back and say people smoke here and they sit back and give you 16 paragraphs and what transgender rights are <laughs> and crap like that. <laughs> it's really bad. I should actually include a picture of my signage. Each of these costs money that the owner has to pay. The state doesn't pay any of this crap. The owner has to buy this stuff. Then they raise minimum wage to $15 an hour, which causes the cost of living to go up and also creates job loss. Why does it create job loss? Because if you're running a 25 employee deal that costs you so much in wages and you want to keep your profit low so that people can buy your product at a decent cost, you need to let people go. According to the CBO, uh, raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour is going to cost us 3.7 million jobs. And the reason is McDonald's is going to have a choice. Do I raise my Big Mac to $5.25 from $4.50? And pay the same number of employees $15 an hour. And half these employees cannot speak correctly. Or do I fire a third of my employees? Keep the best and charge $4.50. Or better yet, $4.60. They're going to fire the employees raise the hamburger another 10, 15 cents so it's hardly noticeable to people who buy the hamburger and suddenly you've lost a third of your workforce. Why don't people get this? I don't understand. And then places like California and New York, I live in California, they have to give benefits required by the state. 
Those benefits are between 32 and 34 hours, and they, they include health care, retirement, and things like that. Well, i got news for you. A McDonald's employee? No. Their job is not important enough that they should earn serious benefits for working 34 hours. So what's McDonald's going to do? They can't afford it. They're already cutting the profit margin thinly. They're going to sit back and say, okay, no problem. We're going to cut everyone at 32 hours or 31 hours. People are going to lose their hours. So you sat back, you decided, okay, $15 an hour. And then meanwhile, the businesses who are trying to make profit margins are just going to say, no, no, we're not going to do that. Um, we'll just cut here and cut there because we still need our profit margins. We may have to raise the cost of our product, but which, by the way, is inflation, which means I won't be going to McDonald's to get a Big Mac because, hey, newsflash, the, the guy who cooked my patty is getting $15 an hour. Me? I didn't get my raise because I'm way over $15 an hour. So I just stopped going because I'm a responsible adult. I know what I have to do. <sighs> the minimum wage thing is seriously economics 101. It doesn't work. It's never worked. I don't know why we keep fighting this whole thing. But hey, whatever. Democrats want $15 an hour. It's <coughs> never going to be set federally. But whatever. That's fine. Big business has a tough too. Um, in leftist cities and states. They, they don't have it easy either. This is small business. McDonald's. McDonald's is a franchise. It's typically, there are two to three restaurants owned by one individual. Okay. But big business has it tougher. Okay. First off, no, no, I'm not done yet. Let's talk about small business. Regulation. That's what small business does. They. That's what states, liberal states do. They regulate the garbage out of you. They regulate the garbage out of you. If you violate a regulation, you're going to have a major fine. And to verify that you're within regulation, what do they do? They charge you for it. So, in other words, I got to pay some fuck. I got to pay some effing bureaucrat in Sacramento to come down, check my stuff. And verify that I'm within regulation. That's an extra expense. It's so stupid. Regulations kill small business. And when you kill small business, this is a bad thing. Because small business actually does employ most employees. It really does. And small business becomes big business. Small business becomes corporations. Starbucks, the most liberal company in the country started as a closet in Seattle. They became big business. Big business isn't a bad thing. 
And a lot of big business believes in the socialist tripe that the Democrats are pushing. But they'll kill them as quickly as they'll kill anyone. They don't care. It's about power. So let's go to big business because we've ignored big business. It also has a really tough time. Property taxes, payroll taxes, minimum wage laws, and benefit requirements are really scary for big business. It forces corporations to stay out of leftist states or move to them or moving to them is almost impossible. These politicians seem to forget that big business corporations, the big corporations that they demonize, employ thousands of individuals. Companies like Charles Schwab, Jamba Juice, Lyft, McKesson, Pandora, and even the Oakland Raiders, the football team, have left California because they couldn't handle the taxes. I, wow. Sorry, I went too far. When is the left going to realize that tax rates, well, people will leave. Then you got Boeing, Northrop Grumman, um, Harley Davidson, they just leave the country. They won't even deal with state taxes and things like that. And all the while, if they had kept their taxes lower, they would have hired more people. They would have stayed in the state. Look at what happened with Amazon. Thank you, AOC. And that's another huge problem is the demonization. AOC kept Amazon from New York. Cuomo, de Blasio, sat back and said, oh, hey, we'll take it. We'll give you tax cuts. Because the 20,000 employees they would have, they would have actually hired, high-paying salaries, would have bought the hot dog from the hot dog stand. Would have gone to the restaurant. Would have bought a book from Barnes & Noble. They would have done a lot of stuff that is no longer there. These people don't understand that. It's not about the 20,000 people that didn't buy. That weren't going to have immediate. It's the stuff. It's the ricochet. It's the blast, the external blast that a big business brings in. You own a bagel shop. Do you want 20,000 new employees two blocks away? You're a good bagel shop? Damn right you do. Your bagel shop's going to be filled during lunch and breakfast. It's so dumb. But here's the problem. Here, here's what it comes down to. With Democrats, they're all communists. They're all socialists. It's about the collective. It's not about the individual. And the individual suffers too. 
Tax rates are what is killing the average person. I'll just talk from my own experience. I pay 26 I, I pay 26% in taxes. That's just payroll. I, I sit back, I get my check, 26% is gone. That's down from 28%, which is what I paid before the Trump tax cut, which, by the way, I saw. Unlike what everyone else tells us, I saw the cuts. And it was nice. It wasn't much. It was $60, $70, $80, sometimes $100, depending on work, what I did. But it was noticeable. Gas prices in California, which is where I live, are between $3.50 and $4 a gallon. I'm also required to have driver's insurance, which is also way overpriced in the state. If I get a parking ticket, my insurance goes straight up. So it's just like, ugh. Um, they went up, uh, gas prices went up this summer because of uh, the special brand, blend of gas that California requires due to uh, global warning, warming. Whatever that means. I don't know what a special blend is. I don't see anything. My car doesn't drive any better or worse. It's the same gas as far as I'm concerned. I have a one-bedroom apartment. I spend $1,600 a month. I spend $40 a month on electricity. I spend $120 a month on water and trash. Mind you, I live alone. I'd love to buy a house. Just save up for a house. But the average house in California is $600,000. That's about $2,400 a month in mortgage. Then I'd have to pay homeowners insurance, including earthquake insurance. Property taxes are going to be about $6,000 a year. And I have to pay the communist neighborhood group that I have to pay so that I, they can tell me that I'm not allowed to put that panda bear mailbox up that I've always wanted and need an edict from God in order to plant a tree that doesn't go against their policies. Oh, shit. I, I almost forgot about the taxes. Uh, I got property taxes, income tax, state tax, gas tax, inheritance tax, Tax on cooked foods, tax on grocery bags, tobacco tax, cell phone tax, using too much water tax, city tax, and capital gains tax. Did I mention gas tax? I know I did, but I doubled it in the last... But the state of California doubled gas tax. And that doesn't even include the sales tax I have to pay on top of the doubled gas tax. We are taxed to death in this state. And here's what's crazy. California is not as bad as New York. New York is far worse. And now the state wants to add $100 million to the budget deficit, which is about $2 trillion, by the way. 
They want to add $100 million to a $2 trillion budget deficit to give illegal aliens health care. Free health care. And by the way, that's not it. You've got the other things, like, for example, I'm, living, I'm not living in a $1,600 a month apartment. I'm living somewhere else. I'm basically renting a, a, renting a guest house. And they want to give illegal aliens low-income housing. So, in other words, I make a lot of money and I can't afford housing, but you want to give low-income housing to people who earn less than I do or to people who don't even belong in the country? It's freaking insane. What is going on in the state of California? Finally, and this is the most important of it, most important part. And Dan Bongino brought this up today. I was listening to him today, and he brought this up. No one else did. Even the Daily Wire, who I sit back and tell you, you should subscribe. It was Dan Bongino that brought this crap up. What about the family? Democrats hate family. Family is faith that mom and dad know best. Family requires a mom, requires a dad, and requires kids. Typically, at least in my family, that meant we needed a moral base. That moral base was religion. For us, that religion is Catholicism. Let's look at, uh, let's look at that for a second, okay? Having a mom and dad means they are together, raising the kids. They sit and argue, they sit and fight, but they raise the kids together. Have you ever heard of a shotgun wedding? I don't know, maybe some of you are really young, but shotgun weddings were real common when I was a kid. That's when the guy got some gal pregnant and she had, he had to take responsibility for the gal and the child. He did that because he believed in God and knew it was the right thing to do. She did too. And she married him even if he was, she wasn't sure this was the greatest guy to marry. In other words, they exercised responsibility. Religion's important, too, in this whole thing, which the left detests. The, the left pisses on, if I can say that. The man knows why he needs to marry his pregnant girlfriend. Because it's right. Why? Because we are a monogamous animal, and it would just be wrong to disappear and start having sex with someone else and get them pregnant. The Judeo-Christian Judeo-Christian religious morality reminds us of this. It tells us to raise our kids in the same way. In other words, we need to raise our kids more morally. The millions of years that have been pumped into us about what's right is wrong, what is right and what is wrong is being pumped into us 
by Judeo-Christian values. That is the same responsibility Christians embrace when contemplating abortion. It's wrong. Kids are good. Responsibility, again. So what does the left do? They, well, let's kill the family through toxic masculinity. Let's kill motherhood through feminism. And let's kill the value of life through pro-choice. Irresponsibility. Irresponsibility is what gives power to these people. Because let's face it, killing responsibility is a lot easier than being responsible. It's just a ton easier to be a piece of crap than it is to be a responsible human being. This was supposed to be a 30-minute pod podcast, and I really went off uh, far from my show notes, but hey, whatever. Uh, here's the thing. This is garbage, and it ne nothing gets fixed. It's time to say the dog has fleas and not worried about the dog's feelings, <laughs> okay? Baltimore is a shithole. We need to acknowledge Baltimore as a shithole and fix it. One of the problems I have with Donald Trump actually tr saying what he said, he offered no solutions. He said, well, hey, trust me, blah, blah, blah. No, you didn't. Just, if you want to say something, offer solutions. I'm one who believes if you don't offer solutions, all you're doing is complaining. He should have sat back and said, this is what we need to do in Baltimore. He would have won the debate. In other words, I wish Donald Trump would marry his ideas with tragedies. I think his tweets would have a lot more impact if he did something like that. Here's the thing. Democratic ideas are not working. And he needs to show that there's some consequence to democratic ideas being implemented. But then you have to sit back and you have to tell them, okay, how do we fix this? Here's the thing. All democratic cities, which in turn means failing cities, have the same problem because they have the same ideas. The leftist ideas do not work. Those leftist ideals are socialist ideals and they've never worked. We know this. It's not that we can sit there and look at the last 200 years and say, oh, well, it's worked here, it's worked there. No, it hasn't worked in a thousand years. The only reason the leftists bust their chops is to keep themselves in power. Okay, that's it. So, you want to... Read my blog, you can go to www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You can actually read some of this. I think my podcast was a little more dramatic than this. 
You can listen to my pod. You can download my podcast or listen to it at Podbean, iTunes, uh, Podcast Addict, or YouTube. You can also follow me on Twitter at w at Runninfool R U N N I N F E W L. I look forward to any comments and please subscribe. This is Gene, and you just listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.